we've been looking at uh, is all about God's truths. Um, so the truth about love, the truth about salvation, the truth about hell. Um, and whenever I think about the word truth, I also think about reality. So the reality of God, um, which isn't some kind of theoretical idea in a textbook. Uh, it's really about the reality of God shining like a light into our lives so that we can see things as they really are. So like when you go into a cupboard and kind of it might be a bit dark, you might sort of see things just in shadow. When we turn on the light, when we get a torch out, uh, we can really see things as they really are. And it's like that with the truth of God. When we have the reality of God in our life, it shines a light so that we can really see things as they are. Uh, and so this morning, we're looking at the reality of suffering and hardships. Um, and I'm really very conscious that for some of us, we are going through some quite difficult situations. Um, and in some ways, it can be easy to look at other people and think, oh, I wish I had the life they had. You know, if, if I was in their shoes, things would be so much easier. Um, and the, the truth is that some of us um, have to cope with some really terrible things. Uh, but the reality is that all of us suffer. All of us go through hardships. All of us face things that are tough. Every single one of us. There's no one excluded. Uh, and the reality of life is that life is tough. Uh, life is difficult. Things go wrong. Um, I mean, even this week, I was just sort of thinking about a few things that have happened. I mean, Mark and Alice's heating broke down. Uh, you sort of think, well, why did that happen? Uh, you know, why did Terry fall off his bike and break his collarbone? You know, um, John and Ruth, they've been wanting to move house for months and months and months, and it just keeps falling through. So why is life so tough? Why do things go wrong? Uh, and the truth is that people suffer in different ways. Uh, and actually, a lot of the time, people suffer in ways that other people can't see. There's a lot of hidden suffering uh, in people's hearts. Um, for some people, their suffering might be a physical or mental illness. Uh, for some, it might be financial pressures, uh, a lack of money, um, trouble at work, you know, difficult work situations, difficult bosses, difficult employers. Um, for others, it might be family problems, um, relationship difficulties, um, or loneliness. Um, these are all things that we can suffer with. Uh, and sometimes they're, they're hidden things that we find it difficult to share. Uh, and just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're immune from these things. Uh, God is not some kind of magic fairy that kind of comes into our life and sort of clicks his fingers uh, and everything is, is happy and everything is right in one moment. Um, so how then as Christians do we react when we read passages about joy? How 
do we react? You know, it says, uh, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um, I found this psalm, which I thought, um, which I, I sort of enjoyed, um, sort of in this, in this subject. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord, all you who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine, flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. And, and I suppose the reality of our lives is that we don't often necessarily feel like that. Um, perhaps you sort of think, you read verses like that, you read verses about joy, and you think, oh, it's just some kind of, I don't know, some kind of dream that will never really happen. Um, or perhaps you think it's just for other people. Um, you know, the sort of happy, clappy people that sort of like to kind of be enthusiastic and sort of jump around during worship, and they're just sort of more positive people somehow. Um, or perhaps you think, you know, it's only for you when you're on a good day, um, when you think that, you know, everything's going right for you. Um, but the truth uh, and the reality of life is that our lives as Christians are a simultaneous journey of suffering and joy. Um, so I've only got one PowerPoint slide for you this morning. Uh, and it's this picture up here. Um, so sorry, it's probably not the easiest to see. Um, and uh, this isn't just for Mark's benefit. Um, so for the kind of, to help you understand, it's a picture of some train tracks uh, just coming to a station. Uh, so does, does anyone, can anyone guess where that is? Just out of interest. Oh, St. Mary Cray? Yeah. As you can tell who the commuters are in the room. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this, this picture isn't just for them. Uh, I believe this picture uh, represents what our journey is like in life uh, with God. Uh, and we, as people in our, in our lives, we, we're like a train going along a track. Uh, and the two rails that we go along are suffering and joy. Um, it's not normally one or the other. It's not like some days you're joyful and some days you're suffering. Really, the reality of life is that really we experience these two things simultaneously. Uh, we have it's not one or the other, it's usually both at the same time. Uh, and without God, without God in our life, it can actually be very difficult to find joy uh, through hardships. Um, so life, life is tough. There are some really difficult things that we can go through. Um, I mean, I remember in 2013, um, so as many of you know, kind of, I was quite unwell uh, in sort of 2012, and Mark as well was um, we sort of both unwell at the same time. Uh, and in 2013, Mark was still struggling, uh, 
and there were just so many things going on for him and, Mark, him and Alice, um, it, just in that sort of short period. So Mark's health was, was bad. They were sort of moving house. They were just about to have a baby, so Henry. Um, and I think things were tough with Mark's job. And I remember just chatting to them and just thinking, you know, how, how do people go through this? How do people go through difficulties in life without knowing the comfort of God? How do they go through it without knowing that there's someone greater than the situation who loves them, that's on their side? Um, and so it's difficult. Without, without knowing Christ in our life, the this, this suffering uh, is very difficult to find joy. Um, I think alternatively, there are some Christians um, that don't want to admit when they're suffering. Um, it's sort of, you know, you sort of read verses like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think some people find it difficult to admit when they're suffering, when they're feeling vulnerable, when they're feeling low. Um, so I don't know, if they sort of fear that kind of people would judge them or sort of look down on them somehow. Um, but the reality is that they're just being unreal about their situation. You know, we, we can be real, we can be honest with, with God and we can be honest with each other that things can, can come on top of us sometimes and it can be difficult. Uh, and I know I find it difficult personally to be open with people when I'm struggling. Um, but I think to have a, a balanced life as a Christian, we have to understand that we can have suffering and joy at the same time. They're not exclusive things. Um, so really, God is not only the, the driver of our trains. If you imagine there was a train coming along, coming along this track, um, God is not only the driver uh, who sort of directs the train and sort of tells it where it to go, He's also the beam, so the railway sleepers in between the rails that holds it together. Uh, because without him sort of holding these two things together, the rails would just slip apart uh, and the train would soon just fall over uh, and stop moving forward. Um, so as we go on in Christ, as we move forward, we experience these two things together and, and God holds it together. So, why do we suffer? Um, surely, you know, if God, was, if God is all-powerful, uh, couldn't he just make things easier for us? You know, surely, if God is all-loving, um, you know, wouldn't he want to just kind of help us out and make our life easier? So, I mean, the, the question of, God, of why God allows suffering is quite a big question um, and I think realistically we haven't got time to go through all of the sort of ins and outs in depth this morning um, but I did just want to sort of draw out a few aspects of why we suffer um, as I believe it just helps us understand the role of suffering and how God can use it to work in our life and to fulfill his purposes for us um, and so the, the root cause of suffering uh, is sin. Uh, it's not God's plan for us to suffer. 
Uh, it was never his intention when he created us. Uh, and just as when we get to heaven, uh, it's not his plan that there'll be any suffering there um, when we're with him for eternity. Um, but the reality is that we are in this life um, and there is sin in this life. Uh, and so I think some of the causes of suffering, um, so first of all, people are sinful. Uh, a lot of the suffering and hardships that we face in, the, in this world are because people are, are evil to each other. Uh, the sin that's within side people just sort of almost can't help to come out uh, and causes them to hurt and oppress one another. Um, I mean, sometimes it might be sort of intentionally malicious behavior. Uh, and sometimes it might just be that people are just selfish uh, and they put their own interests and pleasures before other people. And perhaps you've been the victim of, of the evil actions of, of someone else. Uh, you've suffered through absolutely no fault of your own. Uh, and it's because people are sinful. We, we live in a fallen world. Uh, and the reality is that there is evil in this world. And there's also an enemy, uh, the devil, that is seeking to come and destroy, to tear down what's good and to stir up and make trouble wherever possible. Uh, another reason why we face suffering and hardship is that the earth, the creation, uh, is in hostility with us as humankind. Uh, and this is because, as a result of sin entering the world, just kind of the earth is almost out of sync with the way that God intended it to be. And it's not easy for us to live in peace. Um, so I want to read from uh, Genesis um, chapter 3. You don't necessarily need to turn to it because I've, I've got it open. Um, so... From, so Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And this is God speaking to Adam after he'd sinned. Uh, and this is the word that kind of almost he prophesies over mankind about what's going to happen as a result, what's the effect of, of Adam's sin. And it says, And since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruits I commanded you not to eat, the ground will be cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat, until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. So almost that, that's almost a prophecy that Life is going to be tough. From now on, life is going to be tough. It's going to be hard work. You know, you're going to have to sweat to produce food for yourself. You're going to, it's going to be difficult. Things are going to go wrong. And I think if we're honest uh, and real with ourselves, um, sometimes our hardships are also self-made. Um, while we can be completely forgiven from sin before God, 
we still have to face up to the consequences of our actions here on earth. Um, and so a good example of this is kind of if, if you murder someone, um, there's forgiveness there. Before God, you can be washed clean and you can be forgiven. But in this life, you're still going to have to face the reality of that. You're still going to have to go through the judi judicial system uh, and go to prison. Um, and, okay, in our own examples, that might not be that extreme. But I know for myself, there are things I've done. Uh, there are times when I've been selfish, when I've been greedy. Uh, and the result of it has been suffering for myself. The result of it um, has, has caused me hardship. Uh, and I know that in myself, the suffering was self-made because I turned from God, I didn't listen to him, and I did my own thing. Uh, and actually, it was my, that suffering was, was, was self-made. Um, and another reason we can face hardship um, is because of our faith. Uh, I just want to read from John 15. So from verses 18 to 20. It says, If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but no, you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you and if they had listened to me they would listen to you so this sinful world that we live in it hates Jesus it hates God and it's a natural consequence that it follows that we as Christians as followers of Jesus will also face the same hardships that we will also face the same persecutions, the same difficulties that he faced. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that we should expect to suffer uh, and that people will be surprised that we no longer live in the same way that we used to. That people will kind of just not quite understand why we want to serve God and why we want to do things his way rather than doing things in the, wor in the world's way. So, a question for you. Um, did Jesus find suffering easy? Was he some kind of superhero? You know, like a sort of Superman or some Iron Man that kind of somehow had superpowers to kind of stop suffering and to kind of handle everything? Uh, no. Um, Jesus was a man. He was a human, just like we are. Um, and we read, just before the crucifixion, in Mark 14, uh, I think one of the most sort of, almost, one of the most sort of interesting things to think about that we kind of get familiar with is that Jesus asks God, he's praying before the, he dies, and he says, take this cup of suffering from me. I.e., if there's another way, if, if there's a way I can get out of this suffering, please get me out of here. I don't want to do it. Um, 
and therefore we shouldn't be surprised uh, or feel guilty um, if we feel the same way. Uh, it's perfectly normal for us to want to avoid suffering. Um, so God might call us to do some difficult things. Uh, and it's, I say, it's perfectly normal that we would want to not go through with it, that we would want to avoid hardship, that we'd want to avoid it. Um, but the key thing is, what did Jesus do? Uh, he kept going and did his Father's will anyway. And I think it's the same for us. When God gives us something difficult to do, we might naturally want to run the other way, like Jonah. Um, but actually, the, the benefit is if we follow through with what he's asked us to do. Uh, so as we've already mentioned, uh, the Christian life is not an easy ride. Uh, the reality is that being a Christian is not necessarily a warm and cosy experience, you know, just designed to kind of make you feel a bit better, to kind of have you kind of get a nice warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Uh, but the reality, the truth, is that the Bible is full of characters who face suffering and hardships. You know, we could read the story of Job, of Job uh, or, or many of the prophets in the Old Testament, like Isaiah, who was murdered uh, because of what he was saying. Uh, or the apostles. Um, they were all murdered. They were all martyred, uh, except for John. Um, and so I thought it would just be interesting. Just, just, I'm just going to read uh, Paul's experience of being a Christian. Um, so you can read it with me if you like. Um, so it's 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Uh, so verses 24 to 27. So it says, this is Paul's, Paul's experience uh, of being a, a Christian. It says, five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have travelled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Now, I'm sure, you know, if, um, if someone said that that's the Christian life, you know, where can I sign up? Um, <laughs> I think probably most of us would agree that actually if, if, if there was a swap on offer, you know, our life for, the, that, for Paul's life, you know, most of us would probably stick uh, to what we have. Um, but you know joy is not the same as happiness joy is that quiet confidence that we know God that we're loved by God and that we have uh, an eternal kingdom we have an eternal home in heaven that Christ will one day bring us into so why bother you know shouldn't we just 
give up as Christians. You know, we've, we've talked about how difficult life is, you know, and in some ways it sounds a bit miserable. Um, you know, shouldn't Christians just be miserable people? Uh, but the truth is that God does something in our hearts. He gives us a new life, a new spirit, a new witness inside us that says it's worth it. Knowing God, being a Christian, is worth it, even though I have to go through hard things, even though it might be tough at times. It's worth it. And this, this is where the joy comes from. Uh, and it's the, the witness of the Spirit to know that the glory of God is greater than the difficulty of, of our situation. Um, so earlier on in 2 Corinthians, so I've just read that passage from chapter 11. Uh, in chapter 4, this is what Paul says. It says, This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. And the things we cannot see will last forever. Our suffering is temporary. As Christians, our eyes should be on more than the here and now. We look forward to a heavenly life, an eternal life, where there is no pain and where there is no suffering. You know, as, as, as Simon was sharing last week, uh, death and suffering is thrown away like garbage. It's thrown away onto a rubbish heap and burned up. Instead, we are invited to be in God's presence forever. Uh, in Isaiah, uh, in chapter 61, it says, the Lord will faithfully reward his people for their suffering, and they will be overwhelmed with joy, like a bride and a bridegroom preparing for their wedding. It's that sense of excitement, that joy, that what we go through now is just a, a foretaste. It, it's just uh, a temporary thing before we get to the real deal, before we get to heaven, which is that eternal kingdom, like an eternal wedding, an eternal feast um, of goodness. So what purpose does suffering serve us now? You know, why, why has God designed it to be that you know, we have suffering and joy together? Why, what's the, how does he use suffering? How does he use the hardships uh, that, ser that uh, serve us? Um, so if we look at 1 Peter chapter 1. So, chapter, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though we have to endure, endure trials, 
many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through trials, it will bring, bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the whole world. So trials and suffering, they work to purify our faith and to show that it's genuine. You know, we're, we're not the finished article. Though we're born again in Christ, the old life, the flesh, it's still battling against us. We still struggle. We still have a battle with sin. Uh, but actually, through the suffering and the hardships that we go through, it burns up those impurities. It burns up those things that need to change in our life. And going through tough times deepens our relationship with God. And it gives us confidence that the faith we have is real. If our faith is never really tested, how do we know that it's strong? How do we know that what we have is real? Uh, and I think that the second thing that suffering does is that it helps us, it helps to develop our character uh, and make us more like Jesus. Um, I'm just going to read uh, from Romans chapter 5. So, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 to 6. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for, for we know that they help to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So when God gives us his Spirit, when when we become born again, our, our goal almost uh, in this life is to become more like Jesus. Uh, and I know that uh, as, an, as an athlete, if we want to improve, if, if, an, if an athlete wants to get better, if a runner wants to get faster, uh, they have to be moved out of their comfort zone. Um, so I had to get some kind of cycling reference in. Uh, and I know that as a cyclist, um, when I train, if I just do an easy route, if I just stay on the flat uh, and don't go very hard, then I'm never going to get better. My body is never going to get stronger. I'm never going to be able to take uh, more challenges. I'm never going to improve. Uh, if you want to get better at going up hills, you have to go up hills. <laughs> it's, 
it's just the, the natural way things are. Uh, and it's the same with our life as, as Christians. If, if we want our character to become more like Jesus, then we're going to have to go through some difficult things. If we only ever stay in the kind of safe zone, uh, in the easy, in the comfortable, uh, we'll never mature or develop into the godly examples of Jesus that he's called us to be. Uh, and this is why suffering and joy go hand in hand. That on the one hand, you know, things can be difficult, things can be testing, things can be very difficult at times. Uh, but the Lord also gives us joy to go with it. It gives us that confident assurance that it's worth it, that as we go through life, that there is a joy at the end of it. Um, so just one last verse I, I wanted to read um, is Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, verses 1 to 2. So it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honour beside God's throne. And I think that, just, that verse, to me, just summarise, summarises you know, why, why suffering and endurance are necessary in our life. Um, you know, God's called us to run, run the race of endurance, like an athlete that needs to train, uh, like a train on these tracks that has to just keep moving forward. It can't kind of just stop. It can't just come to a halt and never go anywhere. You know, we have to keep going. We have to keep moving forward. Um, and Jesus, as, as our, as our saviour, uh, he endured the cross. It wasn't easy for him. In the same way that suffering won't be easy for us. Uh, but if we keep our eyes on him, if we keep trusting him, if we keep persevering uh, through difficult situations, then there is joy at the end of it and there is joy that we can experience now uh, to keep, so that we can just keep going, just keep moving forward in our journey of faith. Uh, and one day we will reach the destination uh, that is a joyful, um, heavenly presence, that we will be with God forever. So I thought it would be good just to, just to take a moment, just to... Um, and I think there is kind of a theme, as Simon was saying, about thankfulness. Uh, about gratitude, that, you know, being real, our lives are difficult, and sometimes it's hard for us to be thankful. Sometimes it's hard for us um, to really thank God for the things we go through. Um, but I just thought, to kind of close, that we could just, you know, take a moment just to think about, you know, the things that 
we can be thankful for, the things that we can be grateful that God is doing, for, be thankful and sometimes for the suffering uh, and the hardships that we face that will make us and shape us into more like Jesus. Um, and to examine our hearts, you know, it says here, if there's sin that's tripping us up, um, then we can come to God, we can give that to him, and he will take it away from us. Um, maybe kind of you've been in a situation where it has been unbalanced, that you know, you've, the rails have sort of slipped apart somehow, and you sort of feel like the train of your journey of faith has kind of stalled that it's not going anywhere. And we'll come to God, give it to God, and ask him to work in your heart so that you can move forward again, to bring the rails together and just keep moving forward despite the suffering um, and just keep moving forward. Amen.